Hello everybody, welcome to another daily podcast. It's me, my TC with you. We have some big updates. Well, frustrating updates, but it's a very important news story that's not really been picked up by the mainstream media as usual. Now you guys know the Islamic Republic of Iran, where my family is from, and uh, the, the Iranian regime who pride themselves with, over the fact that they are not terrorists, but they are sponsors of terrorists. <laughs> so there's a difference apparently, according to the Middle East. But they have, over the years, over the last few decades, since the 1700 revolution, they have slowly infiltrated the British society. And we now have some more evidence, thanks to our special guest today. Let's go to Potkin and Azamer, who's going to be telling us about an article he wrote recently about one of the, well, worst kept secrets of infiltration. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mario. It's uh, really good to be on your show. I've been uh, subscribing to your channel for the past two years, and uh, it's incredible to find myself uh, speaking to you on your show. <laughs> Brilliant. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yeah, tell us about um, what's, what the Iranians are doing in uh, London, well, in the UK especially, because apparently they have some hubs that are actually sanctioned by the UK government, because they are just, uh, well, Islamic centers? Yes, yeah, so the, the article that, uh, in the article that you um, mentioned, I've only um, uh, referred to the uh, five Islamic centres of England, which are Supreme Leaders' representative offices in UK. And they're quite open about it, quite unapologetic about it. Um, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, if I wanted to unravel the entire Iran network within UK, it will, it will be a you know, long story sort of thing. So this is just the, um, uh, the tip of the iceberg. And the um, Islamic Centre in England of London, in May the Vale, is the is the main hub of the of the, of the network right yeah and I, I think i have visited this um place uh, ages ago and a lot of people were going to hang around there and it yeah always seemed very very clearly uh, iranian it, it's not a uh, i mean it, it is built now for um, if you're a muslim from different countries you know you can go basically to visit that that place but everybody's the whole thing's controlled by of course the iranians and uh, but there, there, there's a problem because it's uh, the status that they have is a charity status, right, in the UK? Uh, yeah, I mean they operate under this guise of uh, you know uh, religious uh, institutions and charities. But um, I mean every time a, a new head is appointed, the first thing they do they read the letter of appointment by the supreme leader, and they put that on their uh, website. They're quite open about it. They're not right. hiding it. So, so, the, the, so the Supreme Leader himself in Iran uh, is kind of uh, directly connected and makes decisions in terms of appointments and things like that. The guy is like, I don't know how he multitasks because he's a, because a control freak. He, is, he does complete micromanagement. He's in charge of everything, isn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if, if, if those people that know about Iran, you, you've got the administration, you've got the government, and then parallel to that is completely another government in shadow, which is the real government. Yeah which is run by the Supreme Leader. So for every ministry, for every, you have a Supreme Leader's deputy in something. And uh, normally the person that reads the letter of appointments uh, for the head, of the new head of the Islamic Center is his deputy in international communications. So who's the current one in terms of the Islamic Centers in, in the UK? So the current one is Hashem Musabi, uh, who replaced the previous one, who was Hojat uh, al Shomali, who got very close to Nicholas Sturgeon. Uh, there's a photo in the article showing him at dinner uh, with uh, Nicholas Sturgeon and military heads of Scotland and what have you. So <laughs> that's, that's how deep they've penetrated. 
So Nicholas Sturgeon, I, I did uh, report this a while ago on the channel, but uh, you, you might know more about the, that gathering, those gatherings. Why are the SNP and Nicholas Sturgeon hanging out with the, the Iranian regime? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And <laughs> the reason I, I wrote that article is because I heard about Nazan and um, Zare Radcliffe's husband going on hunger strike. And yeah. I met him before. I met her husband before. And I said to him, look, you can go as many hunger strikes as you want and you can blow up balloons and you can do plays and all this sort of thing and colorings and all this sort of thing. The regime is not going to listen to this sort of thing. But look, Britain can't reopen the British Council within Iran. The BBC can't have an office in Iran. And yet they've got these five Islamic centers plus a lot, lot more. Why don't you just ask the government just to threaten to close down one of these centers? Because I guarantee you, uh, it will result in something because they've spent so much money in uh, investing in that to um, expand their network. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's something that's never even mentioned in the mainstream media. No, absolutely. For, for those of you who don't know, the five centres are in London, Birmingham, Manchester, Newcastle, and Glasgow, I believe. And uh, it, it, it's quite interesting because for, for, for those who don't know, it's not just Nicola Sturgeon hanging around with these people and the, the groups. It's also your favourite. Jeremy yeah. Corbyn. Jeremy <laughs> Corbyn went to one of the what was it the the anniversary of the 1979 revolution and made a massive speech there, didn't he? Oh yeah, I mean he was uh, trying to justify the revolution and glorify it, and oh it was it was all over it, and um, and he was actually introduced uh, by someone as a dear friend, and the person who introduced him was the Labour representative in Boris Johnson's constituency in the last election, who uh, lost to him by about 5,000 votes. So imagine if that guy had won that constituency from Boris Johnson. Ah. Oh, so the guy, because I've seen that video, the guy who introduced uh, Jeremy Corbyn was, um, what's his face? The, the, the Iranian who stood against uh, Boris, right? <laughs> Not. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. It's, it's, it's hilarious because um, this guy who was standing, he, he said, I want to obviously beat Boris Johnson also to become the first Iranian MP. He's not the first Iranian MP. We, we literally had one, um, I think, 2017 election, um, Seema or something. She's a Tory. Um, yeah. Who, obviously, yeah. Um, she's not connected with the Iranian government. <laughs> no, no, yeah, she, she's well not done. Iranian. doesn't count. So, <laughs> but, uh, so um, what, I mean, not to get kind of too deep, because as I said, this could be like a five-episode kind of show just to talk about what sort of things that uh, comes out of those places. But uh, if you yeah. give us like you know, a couple of like, examples of uh, the, the network, what sort of things they might be doing right now in the UK, you know, in terms of uh, well, whatever they're doing, intelligence gathering or training? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, well, I mean, one of the things they did was uh, hold the vigil for um, Arsene Soleimani. Um, so... You know, it's 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 more than plainly obvious that it's not just a religious centre. It's it's got you know political purposes, and the, the politics is aligned with the supreme leader's uh, uh, politics. Um, but you know, they've um, spread their network. They do a lot of education work. For example, you know, young kids go to them, um, and uh, right from an early age, they're introduced to um, Iran's uh, uh, Islamic Republic's uh, uh, politics and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, they re recruit disgruntled individuals that they identify there and they send them to Iran for training and they come back and that. And then um, their own children, their own families um, get UK visas and they become UK residents. And, uh, I mean, um, the other um, candidates at um, one of the Newcastle constituencies, um, Ali Arbaei, uh, for Liberal Democrats, he's the son of the um, head of the uh, Islamic Centre in Manchester. 
ah. whose uncle uh, was part of Rouhani's administration and whose other uncle, who was also one of the judges in the kangaroo courts in the uh, massacre of Iranian political prisoners in 1988. That's a big so, uh, yeah. you know, they really established themselves within the UK, entrenched themselves and complete impunity um, by the uh, British government. It's, it's interesting because just like the, the CCP in China, when they send the, their kids here to obviously study and also to give them all the free money to like just spend, uh, the, uh, a lot of the uh, people, people who have links to the Iranian regime, the families, they come here from the so-called uh, Islamic re- country. They come here, uh, spend all the money on alcohol and drugs. They go out clubbing. And like, like well, if your dad finds out in Iran what you're doing, <laughs> well, maybe they know, uh, but they get away with a lot of things. Uh, the biggest problem I have, the biggest scandal that we haven't actually been mentioned yet is, uh, thanks to you, you discovered it earlier, is the fact that apparently uh, the Islamic centers uh, received um, not just government funding, they actually were on furlough uh, during the COVID uh, lockdown, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, it's uh, the information is from companies' hands. It's in the open. I didn't have to do anything uh, uh, special. Um, um, and you wonder why did the British government think, or well, why were they compelled to think that it was necessary for um, Supreme Leaders Clark in the Islamic Centre come to work and pay them? I mean, uh, it's problem. You know, the, is it just for stupidity? Was it just because? Um, it's not publicised. At the end of yeah. the day, we can, we, you know, we can write as many articles as we want. We can make as many programmes as this. But un- unless the British voters yeah. um, take a stand, write to their MPs yeah. and alert them about this nonsense, nothing is going to change. Um, and, yeah, that's the way forward, I think. Um, yeah, to, to make the money is being spent um, on subsidising Supreme Leaders' offices in the UK. It, yeah, it is about uh, being proactive and lack of, well, lack of awareness right now because um, it's, it's up to the Home Office and the Foreign Office uh, to take charge with these sort of things. I think, you know, if you randomly ask this trust, why not, for example, shutting down an Islamic, Islamic Centre, of course, the department, like Foreign Office, would just probably not know much, apart from the people in charge they know, but a uh, random civil service would probably think, oh my God, it's probably... Um, very, very offensive if we shut down that Islamic Center. It's probably Islamophobic, so we can't even do it. And so we, un- unless there's a wave of awareness, public awareness, and people write to their MPs and there's camp- proper effective campaigns, and then you could finally get, for example, Liz Truss or Priti Patel to actually do something. And as you said, this is the only way we could actually um, stand up to the Iranian government from the British uh, perspective. That it, yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Richard uh, Ratcliffe. You can't really just go on hunger strike. Nothing gets done. You need to show strength, right? I mean, you, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, as as you always do. Um, that's exactly what I was trying to say in, in the article. And um, you know, unfortunately, democracies have loopholes, and these tyrannies around the world know how to misuse those loopholes. You mentioned the Chinese, and it's the same with the Islamic Republic. With the Chinese, it's the Confucius schools, for example, that spread their networks. And uh, with, the, with the Islamic Republic, is the Islamic centers, plus many other things that we can talk about at other programs yeah. if, if the need arises. Yeah, I think the mainstream media, but also a lot of people who are you know, politically sound, even on the right political spectrum, uh, who uh, might not think that certain topics are priority. They say, well, let's just focus on the, the, the bigger problems that we have, yeah, they might not know, but that's what you know, it's the job of this channel to make sure that everybody's completely informed and aware when it comes to the threats from CCP, from Iran, not just the internal 
um, idiocy we get from the civil service here, but then all the other threats that are slightly invisible. So I want to say a massive thank you again to you for coming on the show. If there's obviously a development and update, then uh, it would be great to have you uh, come on the show again to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. It was great to be on your show. It's really refreshing to see second generation Iranians like you um, speaking sense to the British. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, and thanks again, everybody, for watching. I'm, I'm my ATC, and I'll see you guys in the next video.